Stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. Glad to have you in with us in this hour. And in this hour, um, a preliminary autopsy uh, commissioned by his family reveals that Tyree Nichols had extensive bleeding caused by a severe beating after a fatal encounter with Memphis police two weeks ago, a beating which has been compared to the LAPD beating of Rodney King over 30 years ago now, since Nichols' death two weeks ago. The police department has, in fact, fired five officers, all of whom were black. In addition, two members of the city's fire department have now been fired as well. Former LAPD sergeant and social justice advocate Cheryl Dorsey joins us now to talk about this uh, case of Tyree Nichols and the developments of the last 24 hours. Uh, Cheryl Dorsey, how are you today? I'm doing well, Tavis. How are you? Uh, I'm, 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 if I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I'm, I'm glad to be here, glad to be alive, and glad to be in conversation with you. And yet, uh, the truth is that these stories are more than disturbing uh, for me, for you, and everybody else, I suspect. Um, let me just start with a broad... I, mean, I, I love having you on because I ain't got to ask you nothing <laughs> to really get you going. <laughs> so, <laughs> let me... Uh, and, and by the way, in case you haven't heard, we'll talk about that in a second. You, you may have some questions for me. Uh, uh, LAPD Chief Michael Moore is my guest tomorrow. He in an exclusive conversation. Uh, as you well know, and the city knows, he has asked for a uh, second five-year term. Uh, and uh, he's going to sit down for an exclusive conversation with me for the hour tomorrow during our 11 a.m. to 12 noon hour, uh, taking some questions about whether or not and why he believes he has earned and deserves a second term as chief of LAPD. Hold that for a second. We'll get your thoughts on that and what you think I should say to him tomorrow when he comes in studio live for that hour. Uh, but the first question is a broad question. Take it anywhere you want to take it, and we'll go from there. What are your thoughts on the case of Tyree Nichols? Well, first of all, um, you know, we know it's bad, right? The video is going to be coming out pretty soon, and they are prepping and preparing, I'm sure, over there in Memphis so that they have the resources to deal with whatever um, the community might do in response to seeing this video. We've heard from the attorney representing the family. We have seen uh, the emotional uh, outburst from the mom as she has to stand there and listen to how these five officers beat her son unmercifully. And so uh, I expect that it will be as bad as they're saying, given the fact that already five police officers have been fired and two fire department personnel. So it's going to be bad, and um, everybody needs to strap in. Yeah. Um, we had a guest on a few moments ago, Nicordelai Corte, one of the hosts on our station on the weekends, and he suggested that this is really disturbing for a lot of people. I suspect you won't be in this camp, but you'll take my point. He was suggesting that it was disturbing for a lot of people because after the murder of George Floyd, we can run the list, Philando Castillo, Mike Brown, uh, Breonna Taylor, run the list. Um, there are, in fact, uh, many fellow citizens who believed, who hoped, who were praying that we were doing better, that we were at least headed in the right direction when it comes to the way police engage with everyday people. But this story, um, again, and we'll get to the point uh, in a moment that these are all black officers. But this story, again, just really, I think, disturbs people because it's more evidence that we are not as yet headed in the right direction when it comes to how police engage people in traffic stops. What say you about that? Well, listen, I, I am equally uh, as bothered because, first of all, I'm a black woman. Uh, secondly, I'm a mother of four black men. And so, you know, uh, none of us are immune. And um, my belief is that I've often said, and I may have said it to you in the past, is that we can take race 
out of all of these uses of force and um, beatings that we see that occur, mostly it's white officers, but we know that blacks, uh, they get down the same way. We saw that in the case of Freddie Gray. Mm-hmm. There were black officers that were involved in that situation. And so I've all often said these are officers who are simply drunk with power. Mm. Um, does the fact that they're black make it worse for you, or you just uh, you you just at this point anesthetized to that reality? Well, I'm not anesthetized, and I don't know that it makes it any worse that they're black. I mean, certainly we would not expect our own to do that to us. But again, you know, there are a lot of black police officers, and so you know, people say, you know, and I'm a I'm a firm believer we need more blacks on these police departments, but they have to be the right blacks, mm-hmm. right? You got to have a black officer like me who didn't bleed blue. Because if you get somebody on there who bleeds blue, then you might as well have another white officer, right? It yeah. does no purpose uh, to have a black officer who thinks like they do, who acts like they do. And so this is very problematic for me, and I believe that these officers, rightfully so, uh, will be made an example of. They are not playing with them over there in Memphis. Yep. When you say made an example of by that, you mean what exactly? I mean, well, they've already been fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you hear police chiefs all the time say, oh, I can't, you know, due process. Officers have a right, you know, innocent until proven guilty, unless you're black, mm-hmm. a la Mohammed Noor uh, over there uh, in, what was that, Colorado? Mohammed mm-hmm. uh, Noor, the Somalian police officer who was fired uh, almost instantaneously. <laughs> they can't figure out how to get rid of these white officers, but if you black and you mess around and think you them, mm-hmm. <laughs> think you can do what they do, they will tap you on the shoulder and remind you, I know you didn't know you were black, but look at here, you are. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of the fact, uh, and I was going to go there, so I'm glad you, you're leading me there, what do you make of the fact that the city of Memphis moves so swiftly on this? Because you're right, every time this happens, there are always these stories, you know, uh, that, that they, they, it's due process, we need to let the investigation uh, take its course, these cops stay on the payroll, um, they, 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 they are assigned to a desk, but they're taken off the street, all these sorts of responses, anything and everything except firing them immediately when we know what they did was wrong. In Memphis, they've done it differently, they've moved swiftly, uh, is that because Memphis is getting it right about the way policing ought to be done, or the fact that these guys were black and they're just paying the price, and to your point, being made an example of? Well, listen, I I would like to think that Memphis got it right. Uh, I'm hearing great things about the police chief over there who made the decision to do this, but but this just goes to show that these police chiefs, who I've often said have great autonomy and can do a whole lot of stuff that they pretend they can't do uh, when they want to, and so this is just proof positive that you can get these people off your roll, off that department, Overnight, if you want to. They did it with Derek Chauvin. They got him out of the field, and they got rid of him rather quickly. And so we know that this can occur. And I'm happy that this uh, police chief uh, didn't uh, worry about uh, whatever else might be said. And obviously this this video is too egregious for them to have any other concern but to do the right thing. And so uh, this can be done. We know it. They've proven it. And this needs to happen whenever it occurs, wherever it occurs. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know there's no scientific answer to this question, but I'm asking you um, for your own personal assessment, given that you served 20-plus years uh, in LAPD. Um, uh, Was it your experience, let me put it that way, um, when it came to black officers, that they did, in fact, bleed blue, or were they black first? Well, you know, it was a little bit of both. I I came on at a time when, you know, LAPD was under a consent decree and was forced to hire 
more blacks. And, and I think I was very fortunate on a couple of levels in that uh, the, the officers who came on with me and after me uh, were kind of of a different mindset. And I worked with a lot of black officers when I was working the gang detail in South Central L.A., South Bureau Crash. And, uh, you know, we did we dealt with some bad actors. I mean, mm-hmm. this was in the 80s when uh, drive-by shootings were prolific. We've had people, I have had people run for me, cuss at me, call me names, want to fight me. If you do, I'll fight you back. Mm-hmm. And guess what? In 20 years, I shot nobody. So I know that even when you're dealing with bad actors, there's a way to do it. Take a person to jail, allow them to go with their dignity. They live, you live. Yeah. One of the things, and again, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I want to save this to the end. I want to ask you what your your thoughts are about uh, Chief Michael Moore here in L.A. in L.A. and uh, some things that you think I should put in front of him when he comes in studio with us live tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Um, but one of the things that I'm certainly going to talk to him about tomorrow is his take, given what we've seen in L.A. lately. Um, uh, you know, these In one week, three people killed, all on videotape by LAPD. Um, I've raised this issue before. You've discussed it. Nothing new here. Uh, Black Lives Matter certainly has raised this issue time and time again. And that is why we have armed police officers involved in traffic stops to begin with. It just it breaks my heart every time I see another story like this where somebody ends up dead over a traffic stop. the, The longer I live, the more I believe the cops should not certainly not armed cops should not be involved in traffic stops. I understand um, that, you know, the way we've done it, you know, for, for, for eons. But when, when you keep seeing these stories of people who end up dead because they had a traffic light, uh, a, a, a tail light that was out or a headlight that was out or whatever it might be, even a high-speed chase, or when people do things that are, that are completely stuck on stupid, I just don't understand why people have to end up dead over a routine traffic stop what say you about cops and traffic stops i mean and i understand i've seen the data we'll talk to chief more about it tomorrow oftentimes cops get hurt cops get you know uh, to your point they get threatened and people want to fight them and etc etc i get it that stuff does happen they they run from cops we've seen the videotape of that so a lot of stuff jumps off at these traffic stops i get it but you know i'm just wondering why we have cops even engaged in that you can't tell me that there is especially in a place like l.a you know, and I've been pulled over in my career, in my life, rather. I've been pulled over. We all have. And every time I get pulled over, I say to myself, you know what? Okay, I was speeding a little bit. Let me let me take the ticket. Let me deal with it. I'll go to traffic school, whatever. And I'm not a perennial, you know, a, a, a problem citizen, but I've had my experience, as we all have. At some point, we've been pulled over. But when it's happened to me, my first thought is, you know, okay, I was doing five five miles more than the speed limit. But somewhere in L.A., somebody's house is being broken into. Somewhere in L.A., et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why is this cop taking his time and my tax dollars to deal with a traffic stop. That's just me. What's your take on that, Cheryl? Well, here's the deal. Uh, Traffic stops, there's no such thing as a routine traffic stop. They are very dangerous. Officers, as we know, uh, know, get killed because you don't know who you're pulling over. Nine times out of ten, we're pulling over people for very minor, you know, what's in my mind as I'm pulling you over. You've got expired tabs or, uh, you know, you you don't have any wind on your your windshield, (laughs) whatever. Mm. But but you happen to be a bad doer. I don't know that you just robbed a bank. I don't know that you uh, have a felony warrant out because you were involved in a robbery. So there's no such thing as a routine traffic stop. However, understand this, that citing someone when you stop them is discretionary. We have autonomy over whether or not we want to give you a warning. And I know you know like I do, you know, citizens will say, hey, officer, can you give me a break? Can you let me go? You know, whatever, whatever. And the officer has the authority to say, you know what, I'm going to let you go with a warning this time. Slow down. Be careful. 
we also know that there is a quota system. Now, LAPD and others would have you think that that doesn't exist anymore. There's been some officers who have sued LAPD about this quota system because that's part of the evaluation process. There was a time when I was on the department, you know, and you get your yearly review. One of the things, you know, that they look at is, you know, are you issuing citations? Part of it is a money grab for the Mm -hmm. city, but it's also a deterrent for people who uh, might speed in an area where there have been a lot of traffic accidents involving pedestrians who have died as a result of it. And so there's a reason why officers would stop you to issue a citation. Now, once the officer stops you and you're being cooperative and you're answering their questions and providing them with the information that they need, ID, driver's license, proof of insurance, and if that officer has angst against you because you don't look like him and you don't answer the way he thinks you should, now it becomes a case of, let me show, oh boy, who I am. It's punishment, like we saw with Sandra Bland. We saw that officer say, you seem to be bothered. And she was like, you damn right I'm bothered. And the next thing you know, he got her out the car and wrestling with her over what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nope, I take your point. Um, I take both of your points. I take uh, your point that there is no routine traffic stop. Okay. Uh, so I, now I know how Michael Moore might address that issue tomorrow. So I won't say that to him tomorrow since Cheryl Dorsey just spanked me on that. There is no routine traffic stop because you don't know who you're pulling over. On the other hand, I think uh, Cheryl and I are, are simpatico on this. There's no reason to be dead uh, because you got pulled over for whatever the stop was. I digress on that point. Our remaining moments with Cheryl Dorsey, much more to talk about, including her thoughts on Michael Moore. And I want to ask her a question specifically about these independent autopsies. You're listening to KBLA Talk. Interrogating your assumptions of ideas. Let's get back to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. 80, 80. Our guest is uh, former LAPD Sergeant Cheryl Dorsey, who served 20 years in LAPD and has written books and um, done all kinds of work and witness around enlightening people to what really happens inside these police departments. And she continues to be a social justice advocate uh, on behalf of and speaking out about issues regarding uh, police uh, practices. And so who better to call in this hour than Cheryl Dorsey to talk about this case of uh, Tyree Nichols in Memphis, in case you've just tuned in. Uh, you may or may not have seen the news yesterday. Ben Crump is now on the case, and uh, the family uh, had an independent autopsy done, uh, results released by the attorneys yesterday. The results find that he had severe bleeding, uh, internal, external, severe bleeding caused by this severe beating, extensive bleeding, I should say, caused by a severe beating uh, by these Memphis police officers. Five cops have now been fired in Memphis. All five of them are black. Uh, Two uh, fire officials have been fired. Uh, Additionally, so seven people so far fired the audio tape, the videotape rather, not as yet released, but it's coming uh, and you heard Cheryl Dorsey say earlier in this conversation, she expects it to be as bad as we expect it to be. Uh, all kinds of comparisons being made to what happened to Rodney King 30 years ago here in Southern California. So we are waiting. Uh, and the city of Memphis, as uh, again, you heard Cheryl Dorsey say earlier, is likely uh, working internally right now to prepare itself and to beef up whatever security they need to deal with however the city might respond when this videotape is actually released. But that is happening Uh, at some point in the not-too-distant future. And so this story continues to have legs, as we say in the business, and we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, But for now, uh, this independent autopsy reveals extensive bleeding caused by a severe beating at the hands of these five cops, black cops who have now been fired. I raised that, Cheryl, one, to update those who may have just tuned in, 
but also because I want to come to this issue of independent autopsies. And I probably shouldn't say this on the radio, but I'm actually working on a project with some people uh, that I'm uh, will be announcing somewhere down the road that uh, I'm a, an executive producer on a new uh, reality TV series. Uh, and the series is about these independent autopsies. And I won't say too much about it for somebody trying to steal my idea <laughs> and our, our idea for this new TV series that we're going to be working on about independent autopsies. But the point I'm, I want to get to is this, that if you don't have the wherewithal, if you don't have the means to be able to afford an independent autopsy, if Ben Crump, who I love dearly, my dear friend and brother, a, a friend of this station, I've been on here many times. If you can't afford or don't have access to Ben Crump and can't afford uh, Ben Crump's strategy of getting an independent autopsy done, um, then this story, your story, or the story of your relative, at least your loved one who lost his or her life, can't be told in the way that the story of Tyree Nichols is now being told. I'm coming to you with this because it seems to me that it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference if you can, in fact, get an independent autopsy done. It's tragic that it happens this way. But for black folk, oftentimes, just to get some modicum of justice, you have to do your own independent autopsy so that you can then tell the world the story of what really happened. Because if you're relying on the local coroner or you're relying on the police department or anybody else to tell your story, your story might not get told accurately. Talk to me about what you've seen over the years of your work and witness about the role that these independent autopsies can play in telling the truth of what really happened. Well, you know, it, it, it winds up being a matter of dueling experts, you know, when you get to a court situation, if it ever comes to that. And certainly, you know, it, it's the haves versus the have-nots, and money will get you stuff that uh, you can't ordinarily get if you're average Joe. And so we understand that coroners uh, across the United States have a symbiotic relationship with the police. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was certainly uh, dealing with them pretty regularly on just a death investigation, not even a crime, but just a death investigation. And the coroner investigator would come out, you get to know them, they get to know you, much like the relationship that police departments have with district attorneys. And so it's not unreasonable to think that sometimes a coroner on a wink and a nod might write up something and an autopsy report isn't um, anything other than just their opinion about how this person died. But it certainly is helpful if you have the means and the wherewithal financially to get an independent autopsy report to go along with whatever that city is going to put up. Yeah, well, that's what we did. Uh, that's what we saw yesterday, rather, with this case of Tyree Nichols, uh, Ben Crump, uh, releasing the results of their independent autopsy uh, game, which shows extensive bleeding internally and externally caused by the beating that Tyree Nichols took at the hands of these five black officers who have since been fired. In the last two minutes I have left, uh, again, Michael Moore, LAPD chief, has asked for a second five-year term. He's our guest tomorrow in the 11 o'clock hour for the full hour. Uh, Joining us live in studio, so check out the live stream of that conversation tomorrow. Uh, I don't need to color this question much. Cheryl Dorsey, um, to your mind, has Michael Moore earned a second five-year term as chief of LAPD? Well, I guess earned is, you know, depends on how you view that. Certainly he wants another second-year term. He can only have two, and then he must go. But I think Michael Moore, um, you know, God bless him, I know him well, and he may call me after this, is drunk with power. He needs to sit down. He needs to go home and spend some time with Mrs. Moore. (laughs) Mm. He came on LAPD after I did. I came on in 1980. He came on in 81. Why he would even want another second term is beyond me. But in regards to those recent in-custody deaths and fatal fate fatal shootings that happened earlier this month, you know, he threw the officers under the bus. He's speaking cold talk, double speak. He's saying what Karen Bass wants him to say about, hmm, 
surprised that the officers didn't call out a medical professional. Mike, no, you can't call a medical professional when you roll up on a traffic stop, when you roll up on a traffic collision. And if a medical professional was there, Mike Moore knows that a police officers are going to be called in if the person is violent and or armed before paramedics or fire will touch that individual. No medical professional is going to do what a police officer is trained to do, deal with armed, violent individuals. He knows that, but he wants a second term. Whether or not he deserves it is not for me to say. That's up to the mayor, but I know he definitely wants one. And so the question that begs to be asked and answered is, why, sir? Mm. Why? We will ask that question of Michael Moore tomorrow when he joins us live in studio in the 11 o'clock hour of this program. For now, we thank Cheryl Dorsey, first of all, for her 20 years of service. And uh, you heard her say earlier, 20 years of not shooting anybody uh, and yet doing her job remarkably well. And uh, she continues to be a voice um, for everyday people who are having issues with police departments all across this country as a social justice advocate uh, uh, extraordinaire. Cheryl Dorsey, good to have you on. I hate doing it under these circumstances, but I always appreciate your insight. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for your time. Hour two of Tavis Smiley. After news, traffic, and sports, you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580.